0: Welcome to this week's episode of the CPG View, the number one CPG information source for global omnichannel leaders. In this week's episode of the CPG View, we'll discuss the challenges facing CPG leaders in a rapidly evolving industry, we'll explore how they can balance increasing demands while maintaining focus on their core responsibilities and driving growth. Additionally, we'll discuss how leaders from different functional areas can collaborate effectively to leverage insights from customer data, drive innovation, and improve overall business performance. We'll examine the key skills and competencies companies should prioritize in recruiting and developing leaders. Finally, we look at strategies to ensure multifaceted leaders remain agile and effective in driving growth and innovation while avoiding burnout or loss of focus. Enjoy. All right. Well, thank you all for joining this week's episode of the CPG View. Before we dive in, would you mind introducing yourself and your role with the company? Uh, When maybe what we'll do is, Kristen, we'll start with you.
1: Sure. Thanks, Don. I'm Kristen Deutmeyer. I am a partner at Hydrogen Struggles. Uh, I sit in our consumer practice. I also uh, wave the flag for our digital practice as well. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking with you about this topic.
2: All right, John. I'm John Abley, uh, partner, managing partner for our marketing, sales and strategy officers practice for Hydric. So I spend most of my time doing work across all industries, but across the myriad of commercial facing strategic kind of roles, uh, best way to describe it. How's that? Nice, Gene?
3: And I am Jean Allen and I lead our communications practice here at Hydric and prior to being a search person, I was a communications person, so it was a pretty smooth transition for me all those many years ago.
0: Love that. Well, you, you know, speaking of the CPG view, we focus on a couple of different pillars, and I know I, I heard you all's podcast, maybe it was last month, and I was really intrigued and wanted to take some time to dive in for you all, but before we dive in, I wanted to give you a little bit of the kind of setting of the table. We On the CPG view, we we focus on six different things in various uh from various different angles we we focus on digital strategy we focus on digital shelf we focus on industry news we focus on market data media which is include inclusive of social and retail as well as leadership empowerment what i was really intrigued when i heard you all's episode um it it touched on so many of those things so I, i i having you all on to discuss some of these topics, I think is gonna be very value driving for the community. So I wanted to uh, appreciate and show that gratitude for you all for for joining. All right, so question one, and and we'll serve this up and then we'll, we'll go around and get the team's point of view. So as we look at the rapidly evolving CPG landscape where there's technology and customer expectations continuing to transform our space How can CPG leaders effectively balance the increasing demands of their roles while also keeping a strong focus on their core responsibilities and driving growth? John, do you want to kick it to you first and then we'll go around? Sure, happy to,
2: thanks, Don. Um, I think there's a couple of elements in here if I'm kind of distilling the question right. And it's it's really, you know, it's, it's the old adage of how do you get 10 pounds out of a five pound bag, right? as more and more keeps getting added to all of your plates, I think the key aspect to all of it is, you know, it's a bit of balance, but one thing that we look for is we look for leaders now who are not trying to be everything to everyone and trying to cover all these different myriad of things because you can't be um, the social media expert. You can't be the digital native. You can't be the tech stack person. You can't be all the things that you need to be coming from the background that you are So the critical thing for leaders in these types of roles now in this challenging environment is to realize you have to rely a lot more on the team and rely a lot more on others and hiring a much more diverse set of talents and capabilities around you that may evolve and switch and even move during time. Um, And some of that may be third party as well. And so the real key aspect now is to not try to be the expert to everything, but be the great leader who can pull it all together.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's a magic bullet for this. And as John said, it is it is about the team. And so when you're, Don, when you're talking about transformation and bringing in a leader, like one person can't possibly do it all. And so I think that person always needs a really soft landing and the permission to change out the team if necessary, or think about the team in a different way, or optimize that team, you know, that so that it can deliver on what that new strategy is.
3: You know, I would add to what my colleagues are saying, because of course it really is about the team, but at the same time, there's a dynamic of teams getting smaller while portfolios are getting bigger. You know, so a lot of what we're looking for now is, you know, the enterprise player, right? The person who kind of comes in and says, I'm not as focused on what I own, but I know how to build the bridges to what I need. You know, and that, and that's sort of the, in the same breath people are telling us that they're being held responsible for outcomes that they don't control, right? Like the marketing person who says my program blew up because of a supply chain issue, but I'm getting you know, hit with that. So it's, it's another case where you need somebody who has built all kinds of alliances around themselves and all kinds of bridges to things that they don't own, but they're really gonna need to coordinate with. So yeah, enterprise that's... player comes up in almost every search we talk about now.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a that's a great point. One of the one of our episodes uh, I want to say a month or so ago, we had Dave Wright on who's the founder of Pattern, you all probably know Dave or know of Dave, um, you know, e-commerce accelerator. I think they had a billion dollar valuation last year sometime and his it's almost like you all discussed this with Dave because he made the same point that y- you really have to have the leadership that has the background and experience to bring folks together and you know, as you think about this, John, to your point, and Gene, you mentioned it as well, doing more with less. And, and I think the days that we experienced a couple of years ago of, you know, resources and investments, board approvals, not blindly approved, but, y- you know, with less rigor uh, are certainly behind us now. And, and I think we have to be creative as a community of leaders of how we navigate, um, to your point, do it doing more with less. Uh-huh.
3: Or as we are sort of saying to people, doing less with less, right? Like really focusing, really having key priorities and working towards them.
0: Yeah, great point. Well, I wanted to switch gears and and get you all's perspective here. So as data-driven decision-making becomes increasingly critical to success in our industry, how can leaders across different functional areas, such as marketing, sales, supply chain, Um, You know, John, between you and Kristen's different practices, I'm sure you cover a myriad of those, but how can they collaborate more effectively to leverage insights and customer data? And how can that collaboration drive innovation and improve business
2: performance? It's a great question. I think this one is at the crux of the whole notion of what's become the hot topic of the last five, 10 years, which is customer experience and the whole customer experience model, when it first started out, was a marketing only function. It's not. Customer experience taken correctly is the whole organization's function. And so if you become a customer-centric organization and you really are driven that way, the customer, the whole organization has to get behind and rally behind those points. But the key thing to your point, Don, is in order to get to be better, you've got to come up with a common way to look at your customer, measure your customer, utilize the data to not only get to some of the things that you need, but have a common set of metrics and a background and a, um, you know, just a language that you all speak. Um, so often, even 10, 15 years ago, I spoke to a lot of CMOs and they were frustrated because the leadership of the organization didn't speak in their vernacular. I challenged all of them to think, why aren't you speaking in theirs? And so this is the same thing, supply chain leaders, marketers, sales leaders, business leaders, finance, They all need to be thinking about the key measures that make sense, tracking those all the time and keeping those at the the top of the house for all of those organizations uh, and all the different functions to operate effectively together.
1: I think the other part is being crystal clear on a company or a brand's purpose or mission. And so that when you think about the customer and what the customer needs, like all of those decisions ladder up to that to that purpose. And so it makes that collaboration and, um, you know, kind of that cross-functional work just go more smoothly because everybody is focused on that purpose.
3: You know, just sort of a comment from the sidelines about the communications role these days. I think comms people are certainly much more data-driven than they used to be, but, but my challenge in my practice is find somebody who's data-driven has really evolved with the way that the, the world works for comms people with data but also has kept their spidey sense right can still make decisions with limited information because so much of that is you know that's as big a part of the world we live in as you know there's a lot more data but there's also a lot a lot more situations where you're not going to have the data and what are you going to do well there's so, a
2: lot more data gene but there's a lot more noise because there's yeah. a lot more data there's a difference between true. data and insight and wisdom. And uh, somehow you've got to find a way to distill from masses of data to some insights to truly wisdom that you can act on and operate on and get people get people to rally behind.
3: And judgment, right? I mean, that's yeah, never exactly
0: fashion. Yeah, one of the things, one of the things we talk about a good bit is the living in the triangle of data dialogue and speed. And if you can live in that, if you can function in that triangle, you'll you'll advance quite well. Um, and, and ahead of the competition, so you know, as we think about that a, a little bit more, and we it's it's even touched on that and and that you know, John, between you and Gene, the two points that you you all just had. So considering the blurring lines that currently exist between communications, marketing, sales strategy, and digital roles in our CPG space. What do we think, what do you all think are some key skills and competencies companies should prioritize in recruiting and developing, knowing that the space will continue to remain fast-paced and competitive?
2: Uh, the, two that, the two that resonate most to me is our agility and leadership. Um, so often, like people talked about CMOs in the past, or, or I would challenge those groups, I'd be like, it's less about the M and it's more about the O. So think like a business leader, have the foresight, be agile, know when you've got to ad- adopt and duck. What's, what's the old thing from dodgeball, duck, dive, dive and dodge or whatever. But <laughs> you, you've got to be a little bit of that as you go don't get quick. hit. <laughs> yeah. Don't get hit by a wrench, you know. <laughs> um, and secondly, is if you're the person in charge and you've got this diverse community of different people that are really good at what they do. You've got to somehow pull that together. So That leadership element is critical, too so it's leadership not only of your team but then it's also as we talked about before it's leadership across the rest of the organization so it's collaborative leadership so those two things to me are what really differentiates those that adapt in this kind of ever-changing environment and the ones that don't Hmm.
0: kristen anything on or gene anything on your side
3: No, I was just going to say, you know, I think no matter what the role is, you always want to know the person's going to keep their eye on corporate reputation and brand because there's no way that, you know, to get yourself in sideways with the world and not be thinking about that up front. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an executive skill. Now, I don't think that's just a skill of cons people. That's right. Mm
0: -hmm. Great point. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, as we, as we think about this, you know, I wanted to get you all's take on something, and, and Kristen, we'll start with you. So, as private equity firms continue to consolidate responsibilities into fewer leadership roles within the CPG sector, what strategies would you recommend that companies can employ to ensure that they, they have the right multifaceted leaders that remain agile and effective in driving growth and innovation, while also, which is the tricky part. Um, well, it's tricky to get the right individual, but then also while avoiding burnout and and loss of focus,
1: we talk about this a lot. And I think a lot of times, companies want, you know, kind of one person to solve it all. And as you know, roles are being consolidated, and they're asked to take on more. So one, you know, we do a lot of chief commercial or chief customer officer roles, and that is getting, kind of broader as they ask them to have marketing, revenue, you know, kind of, it's an all-inclusive role, but that person we find that when it's most successful is that we all agree on going to market where they where they spike like where where do you need the most depth and every company is different every phase it's different um, to that answer but then you know we spend a lot of time scoping that out with our clients and then iterating as we go and so an understanding that you know our slate of candidates might not always look the same and so then again to like kind of John's point is thinking about that leadership. And then where do you support that person with the team so that you do kind of have all bases covered, but not always expecting one person to solve everything.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like, go ahead, Jean.
1: No,
3: we please.
2: No, to- and maybe I'm telling too many too many movie lines out here, but I keep thinking about Moneyball, mm-hmm. right? You don't replace Giambi with another Giambi. If you lost Giambi, right? Right. But you make it up in the composite. So you look for a leader that has the things you need. And then you look to augment the team with the other skill sets that, you, that are required that maybe that person doesn't spike in to Kristen's point, but they might be really good at being that broad-based leader that you really require. So many times private equity firms, while being risky in terms of buying companies, are risk averse when it comes to talent decisions. Mm. And they're so often, you know, they're looking for the unicorn and sometimes the unicorn doesn't exist. and so. Um, a lot of pressure into kind of iterating through that and helping them work through that as we go.
3: And what I was gonna say is that one of the things about broader roles that's helpful in our business in the search business is if you decide what the majors and the minors are up front, but, you, but then you let those other minors be recruiting tools, right? Like you, you, here's what you're good at and we, this is the main thing. But if you come over here, you're gonna get this broader portfolio, things you haven't done before, stretch things. Right. And that's actually been very helpful in recruiting ambitious people, driven people, which is what our clients tend to want is like, oh, good, I could actually broaden my portfolio into new areas. Mm -hmm. So how do you, you know, kind of how do you how do you um, take the proposition to market?
0: That's a that's a great point. And I think it is a a maybe not a dilemma, but certainly something that we have to deal with in the community. If I think about we had, we had Irene, a friend on, who's the chief growth officer at PPG. Uh, PPG is, I, I believe a 17 or $18 billion publicly traded uh, chemicals, paint and other chemicals company. And her, her story was quite fascinating of, she started in one area, um, uh, you, you know, and I think IT very early in her career. And to your point, Gene, very motivated um, individual and moved up through marketing. She did well in marketing, moved over to sales, then moved over. And the ability to um, make sure that that leader um, can communicate clearly that they want additional responsibilities, they want to expand their scope, and even if they don't formally wear the hat, um, that they are in it for the for the team. And I think that's a really. I think we're seeing more and more of that. And you all. Certainly, um, being right at the front of it, um, I'd be interested in in your take and John, to your point, I think, you know, the pursuit of the unicorn is probably not the best time to to spend right Um, our our uh, effort. Uh, in the community. I wanted to, because they're not, we, we won't find them. I mean, maybe we'll get lucky, you know, and we'll find uh, Bigfoot as well, but um, I,
1: that really goes to our point about agility. It's like looking for that really agile leader. And it's not always what they've done in the past, but how we really work to assess candidates on what we believe that they can do. And so it's not just what they've done because In all reality, what we're asking any of these leaders to do is to take on things that haven't even been done yet before. So you can't always measure a leader's um, a leader from their past, and so it really is about what their potential is. Mm
0: -hmm. Great point, Kristen. You know, so I I wanted to close with with a hot take on, on on this. The you know, depending on who we speak with in the in the community and where they sit on this, they they feel one of two ways. But I I look at it and I, I think about the fact that, you know, Gene, you and I were talking about this, that evolution will occur in the talent market and that skill sets grow as A plus players take on formal and informal responsibility, Kristen, to your point, that they have not taken on before. And they're going to be going into, in some cases, uncharted waters as org design, structure, process, uh, tech perhaps isn't there to enable uh, the, the ambition of the organization. So one would say this could be a really interesting, dynamic time for companies and candidates. Um, one could also say this is a very, very challenging time to uh, to get the right kind of talent and recruit them in uh, because it's not, I would say it requires more of a builder mindset in some areas, uh, Kristen, to your point of something that hasn't existed as, a, as opposed to a farmer's uh, mindset, both are very important and needed, uh, but interested in you all's take as we think about that, cause I'm sure you probably counsel many uh, CEOs who are looking to fill out their roster on their teams.
3: I would say that both statements you've made are correct. right? It, it There is a dynamic in the market that makes it really interesting and and very dynamic. And then there's the part that makes it pretty darn challenging. But it's fluid, And I think if companies can really stay fluid in adapting, it, it's it's an amazing world out there of talent in uh,
2: in closing, I, John I Kristen. Jean. I agree with Jane all early. I think it's, it really comes down to a perspective. It's kind of like, you know, someone who prays for a certain answer, right? And thinks that it's going to be granted to them. And at the same time, what they're really given is the opportunity to learn that what they're after through a challenging time. It's really, we're in that situation right now. So you might be looking for, you know, give me these skills to do these things. And what you're really saying is that let's give someone the opportunity to, to develop those skills because this person has the capability of doing so. And Don't you the-
3: have a movie analogy here, John?
2: I'm working on one, but I didn't want to go too uh, religious. So believe we'll it, that went <laughs> up.
0: Uh, Kristen, anything you want to close with?
1: It's It's a problem solving approach. You know, I mean, we take a problem solving approach to all of our searches and, you know, our clients appreciate it when we can really be partners and we're both learning together and bringing forward candidates that we can all learn from as well. So it's really about solving a business challenge at the end of the day.
2: I will say it's fun for us, though, as we look back and get to talk to folks over the course of our careers to see how people have evolved in their careers. Hmm. And so the person you interviewed five 10 years ago that was in one role today, you're like, wow, they're really taking on this. And you saw that capability. They just needed the opportunity to get there. And um, that's, that's rewarding and fun.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great. I think, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I think the, the framework and the the structure for value creation from a leader, it, it probably has remained somewhat constant and will remain somewhat constant as we think about the future. Right. And Kristen, you mentioned this, having clarity of purpose, being really clear on your mission, vision, and values. A leader who can understand and build out and lead. You know what the clarity of the objectives, goals, strategies, and plans of the business, as well as deploying a new operating structure. And underneath all of that, there's all kinds of things that have to happen. And I think we are at the a point where the um, the right talent is critical to to enable these companies to. Um. To really pivot and and go um, make sure they have the right capacity and competency to uh, scale their organizations in alignment with their ambitions, whether they're private, whether they're public, um, I, I think it'll certainly be something that we'll be talking about and you all will be talking about certainly more than I but uh, with with your candidates. Uh, and and the leadership teams as as you all work to uh, make sure that the, you have the right talent for your partners um, to to create value. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to just close by saying how much uh, I appreciate you all joining. I think the community is going to benefit from this immensely. You all are very respected uh, tacticians and strategists in your space, and I look forward to uh, look forward to answering questions as they come up from the community.
1: Thanks, Don. Thanks for having
2: us, Don. Of course.
1: Bye, Don.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the CPG View, the number one CPG information source for global omni-channel leaders.